Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Renegade Pop Culture Podcast. This is Keona, your host, and we have two special guests today. I'm going to start off with them. Uh, with me right now is Lorenzo, my old friend from Hawaii. How you doing, man? We're good, thank you. Good to be here, Keona. Awesome. And making your second appearance on the Renegade Pop Culture Podcast is Michaela Lee. Hey, Michaela. Hey, guys. <laughs> <laughs> and, of course, we have my co-host, Josh. Hello. How's it going? And Crystal. Hello. <laughs> all right. So, all right, guys. So, um, let's start off. Uh, let's just kick this into high gear here, and let's start off with the boys. Um, so, where are we at in terms of like how many of you guys have watched it so far? Um, we've watched oh. it all the way through. Okay. Lorenzo, did you get to watch it? Oh, admittedly, I I actually haven't seen it yet. Okay. But you know, I've been trying to I've been trying to keep you know, keep up minimal knowledge of what I've done. There's a lot of TV I've missed, you know, even in the past few years. But, okay. you know, I'm here, I'll, I'm here also to just kind of learn a little about it or, or I guess what I can think of is, you know, thoughts in comparison to, you know, superhero grid. You know, they just want to hear my thoughts on that, on that one. Perfect. Um, Perfect. After you guys talk about the show. Yeah. Okay. All right. And uh, Michaela, you just started watching the show, correct? Yeah, I'm a, I'm a new viewer to the show, but I have, <laughs> I have seen the first few episodes. <laughs> okay. Um, so uh, we're going to try to keep this as spoiler-free as possible, but if you feel the need to, like, jump off or something because you feel like it's, it's too much, then just let us know. I'll keep um, it spoiler-free because I don't have any spoilers. Okay. <laughs> okay. Just let us know if we're, if we're talking too much about it or something. Um, but I want to get your opinion on this first since since I, I know you're raring to go here. Um, so, so what did you think, Michaela? Oh, me. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's definitely an opinionated, strong show. Mm. You don't just sit there and think, let's watch this smooth ride of a, of a show. <laughs> I've already been offended in multiple ways watching the first few episodes. <laughs> Am I allowed to like talk about what happened? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So I'm not spoiling anything if you're listening to this because I've only seen the first few episodes, but I did watch the trailer. So it seems like they're superheroes, but they're like, you know, like anything, they're super political and actually like kind of bad. And they're trying to be viewed great in the public eye because they do good things, but there's also some sketchy stuff that goes down like uh, civilian casualties. And so it starts off, um, this guy and his girlfriend are just chatting on the sidewalk, kind of barely in the street. And mm -hmm. then the fast guy, I can't remember his name because I don't want to because I don't like him, um, <laughs> runs by, this is in the first few scenes of the first episode. He first runs by minutes, yeah. and there's a splash of blood and the dude's holding his girlfriend's dismembered hands because she's gone she's dead and the dude's just like oops gotta keep running and he keeps running and <laughs> gotta go fast there's yeah. just just this show better have justice for robin or i i just can't even watch it it was it's so infuriating because this guy's like a douche about it mm -hmm. and he can be seen laughing like oh yeah i actually was so fast i hit a human like a bug on a screen when you're going down the interstate i'm like shut oh, no, up i want to go liam neeson taking on taking on them and this dude's like a pansy it's your girlfriend 
he's like slightly offended and he's like i might do something about it but it sounds kind of hard i'm like get your act together or i will somehow jump into the screen and take everyone out for justice i did just just i'm too, <laughs> too angered by this I, he oh injustice is like one of my like what gets me going in life injustice and when people are like illogical those are the two things that make me mad and this just infuriated me <laughs> <laughs> oh man and you're this fired up this early into the oh, show I, I don't think i can do it i, I don't think I can it might do be it. rough it might be a rough watch i don't know just maybe watch a couple more see where it goes and see what you think because it's it's a show that i don't think is meant for everybody but it's uh it's it's an interesting sort of takedown of what do you like, like about it the normal superhero thing um what i like about it is it's it's a deconstruction and i kind of like that in a way like i liked watchmen as a comic and as a movie so to me it's it the, the superheroes doing bad things is is nothing nothing new really but um I like the performances in it. I think everybody does a really good job. And I think that like, just technically speaking, it's a really well put together show. But it also is based on a Garth Ennis property. And anybody who knows Garth Ennis' writing knows that he is Ugh. all about taboo breaking. And, I, and all about I like, like that. Yeah. So I he's... You, I, I mentioned it briefly in our interview with, with everybody from Starlight, but... yeah. I swear to God, I tried reading the boys' book while I was yeah. watching the show. Like, you know what? Let me let me go ahead and let me check this out. Let me see how how it stacks up. And I swear to God, I couldn't get through the first issue. It was just I, I I'll admit I have never read Garth Ennis books before. I've wanted to check out his Punisher, but I swear to God, this one just it was just uh, it, it, it was just. <laughs> I'm He's, sorry, Stanley. It was just too much, like throwing everything at the wall with, "Oh yeah, let's be risky, let's be edgy, let's push the limit, let's have Billy banging the CIA lady." And it's like, "All right, this doesn't make sense with what I know of him from the show." And I guess that's yeah. just me, but just it felt yeah, like that that is extreme character, and he looked too much like the Punisher, where it felt like Venus yeah. was just lifting too much from what he's making fun of that could very well be because you know it, it's him and Derek robertson and they both i i think Derek robertson worked with him on the punisher but i'm not positive on that so yeah. the artist on the book but um yeah i've gotten through maybe the first three issues and i'm like okay the 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 show is actually better than the comic in my opinion like it's a little <laughs> yeah. less like Eric Kripke is kind of um the the supernatural producer turned the boy now he he produces the boys <laughs> Oh, um, explains with Bobby. Yeah, because I was when I was watching the show with uh, Crystal and her ten-year-old, eleven-year-old sister. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> we covered her eyes with uh, yeah. certain scenes. Don't worry, but there's a Please. point where a guy from Supernatural makes oh, an appearance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And his name? What's the name? What's his name in the show? It's Robert something. Um. I'm gonna look it up while you're talking. It's like he's the he's named basically the exact same name of the character from Supernatural, just Robert Bob. His name is Bobby Singer in Supernatural. Yeah, in 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 the boys, he's called Robert Singer. Yeah, his yeah Jim Beaver is the actor's name. His his character name is Secretary of Defense Robert A. Singer. 
So they, he is literally the same character as he is yeah. in Supernatural. I, I will or at least say, the same name. I will say on things that I really like about this show, like if for nothing else, I think the thing to just really consider is just in a weird way, as much as it's very adult and very very gritty with what they do and with all the terrible things that the superheroes do and everything not for an 11 year old girl not for an 11 year old girl god no it's just because we were just watching it and then she just kind of silently like sneaked in and just sat down and started watching it and then we're like oh Catherine you're like get out now get out and she was like no I'm (laughs) serious <laughs> she came in right when uh I think it was oh. right when Billy came in. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And at that point Billy. she's like, All right, I gotta stay. Because my my mom's really into into supernatural, so of course she would recognize him. Mm-hmm. It was so cute. She was like, Bobby! But with the characters in a weird way, there's a lot of heart in this show, and that shocks me the most. Like Yeah. That's the strange thing about it is you get to the point in the show where where Billy Butcher, who's like the main guy who's who's trying to it's Carl Urban, his character. Is it the um, green outfit guy? No, it's the guy no, who that's uh me. it's the guy with like the really like the cockney British accent. Oh, the Australian like, who, or whatever. The yeah. Australian yeah. guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that guy's cool, right? He seems yeah. cool. Mm, well, he's, he's cool. working against uh A Train and and uh, Homelander and all the, and the boys back. characters, all the superheroes. Homelander's good though, right? <laughs> no, <Ooh>. just <laughs> I all think I know the first few episodes maybe. and like Homelander's good, and I'm like, someone you, good. Okay. You think he's okay at first, but then you realize just what's going on not. with him. This is like I know he's going against the taboo because superheroes are usually good, but I mm-hmm. I don't feel like he's going against taboo in that all huge overpraised organizations are usually dirty on the inside that just seems like something that's unfortunately in yeah. life yeah and so i feel like him now making superheroes bad guys it's like i'm having enough of that in today's world that i'm okay <laughs> with, with the taboo at this point i'm usually not but i'd be okay with some like starlight just everyone be little starlights they're cute they're, they're doing their job <laughs> I'll, I'll say that Starlight is probably one of the best characters in the whole show. Yeah. He's like the best right. of the superhero characters. He's the best of the superheroes and Huey, who is yeah. Robin's boyfriend, he's the best of the boys pretty much and just Yeah. Like he Somebody explained it to me best. I was talking with Gwen, my friend Gwen from YouTube mm-hmm. and I was just caught talking with her all this all this time because I started watching this and Watchmen at the same time, the HBO show, and I leaned more to this. And um, yeah. the same. thing that I love about it is every single character just has so much going for it. In particular, she likened Huey to that being in an abusive relationship with everyone, especially with Billy. And you're gonna, I like, see that. you're gonna see that the most as the first season goes on. I see that already starting, yeah. I can yeah. hear that. Right. Yeah, you can see that. You're going to be even more frustrated when you go on, but then you're going to be like, you know what? Good on you, Huey. You take the path of the righteous and all that. Does Huey flip a switch? That's all I need to know. I need him to flip his he switch and get going. does, sort of, in a way. Angry. Like, there's there's a point in season one where you can see he's just starting to lose it. Like, he's starting to to kind of 
like lose his center and lose his moral compass kind of but then he, no, he don't pulls lose back your moral compass. He, he pulls back from righteous it. anger but he at first to be angry he deserves to go after the bad guy hardcore i need him to flip his switch because i'm already i'm already flipped <laughs> i'm mad justice <laughs> for robin and this guy's just like i don't I'd know say... I'll, I'll think about it boy why do you gotta think about this do it <laughs> exactly <laughs> i'd say the point for him i love it there's two points. There's one that I think you've already seen where he quite literally flips the switch on translucent, oh. but then another switch happens in relation to starlight. Mm-hmm. And then another switch happens right kind of near the end Billy, of the season. Sort of. I'd say that switch with Billy starts getting more flipped in season two, but like yeah. when when Huey starts to really, really go like, all right, fuck this, let's 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 go. All right, I just dropped the first F bomb of the cool, uh, of the episode. Oh good. Um, it's right near the end of season one, and you more or less do get that kind of payback, Michaela. Yeah. Okay. Oh yeah. Don't have to wait that long. <laughs> the most interesting character to me is Homefront, Homelander. Or, yeah, what? I, I, home Homelander. I, okay, I, I swear to God, I said it in my. That's an amalgamation of him and Stormfront. I, I was about to say Starlander. Like, no, that's not it. Star- it's Starlander. Homelander. These are all like. These are all like Tumblr ship names right now. Who's <laughs> the green guy at the beginning with Starlight? He's the that dude. He's supposed deep. to be like Aquaman, kind of. Oh, I, I hate that's, him. He's far worse. Yes, I hate him he too. He's hilarious, though. As the season oh goes on, God. there's oh, a yeah. there's a scene with a dolphin. Oh, that's oh. all I'm gonna say. <laughs> that's Deep. all I'm gonna say. And it felt I like even something. Let that guy save me. Yeah, the, the, it's <laughs> it gets something that guy saved me. If I need help, I'm like, don't even put your hands on me. Just let it. <laughs> oh, the poor lobster. Oh God. Oh my God. It gets oh, worse, no! man. What? It like, gets worse. Don't worry, it's it doesn't involve him <laughs> doing things to them, but it's just incidental. I'm, I'm telling you right yeah. now, Crystal, some, for some reason, became sympathetic towards him near the end of season one, <laughs> and the whole time I'm like, no, th- this asshole deserves it. No, oh, yeah. The, the creatures around him didn't deserve it. <laughs> the creatures around no, him. No, the creatures around him do not deserve it. This guy is like the most, he's the most incompetent Aquaman spoof I have ever seen. He's more incompetent so bad. than the the Family Guy spoof of Aquaman. <laughs> but like, I just didn't oh expect what I saw from him at the beginning. I thought it was yeah. like, oh, it's cute. Starlight's, you know, she's in now, and then he's like casually giving her a tour, and then all of a sudden, excuse me, <laughs> bro, put your yeah. pants on. What are you doing? What and, a weirdo. And and not <laughs> only that, but in the in the comics, is actually worse because it's not just the deep in there that does that. It is oh, no. all the guys. Oh, no. All of what them. makes me almost more mad as, yeah. like, you know, women supporting women yeah. is that the girl in the bathroom is just like, don't let them see you like that. Like, wipe your tears. Girl, yeah. let's team up. Oh, you're this gonna, is the yeah. issue. You're, you're going you're gonna to turn around on Maeve. Yeah. Yeah, I think you're going to like what happens with Maeve because she, she is one of the better ones as well. Um, oh, yeah. Like, yeah. So when, when she says that else, with. But. When she says that with Starlight, it's more or less after years of being beaten down by just the system. It's just like, look, it's kind of that tough puppy love where it's like, look, just... Yeah, and that dude's in the room, too. Oh, yeah. 
Oh yeah. Being yeah. invisible yeah. and naked. Cool. Yeah. Take your exit, sir. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he Which, does. Uh, Don't worry. I'll, I'll mention. Um, I think my sister was in the room for the the dolphin scene. <laughs> We keep hyping this up, but I'm telling you right now. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know, Michaela. I don't know if you're gonna get through this through this one. You might not, but um, it's, it's it was the bunny scene from La the Last of Us all over again. Oh, <laughs> I'm gonna just have to watch the dolphin scene. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Just you do it. No, but it it. Oh, there have been moments in this show where even I've been like, and I have a pretty strong stomach. I don't really care about these things, but like. There, there are moments where I'm like, oh, okay, they did this, all right. One, one know. really cool, like little Easter egg that I saw was in just in the casting where, in season two, they have this character called Lamplighter, and the mm. whole time I was like, where the hell have I seen this guy before? He looks so familiar. He has like the face of Chris Pine, but he has like the voice of, I don't know, somebody that's not Chris Pine. <laughs> Who is he? Why do I feel like I've seen him before? And then I looked it up and I realized, oh, he's Iceman from the X-Men movie. It's Sean Ashmore. What superhero guy. That's just him through and through then. Yeah. <laughs> but that's that's just funny casting, having the man known for being ice. Right. Being the light guy. He was Iceman and now they made him into Pyro, basically. He needs a better name. Sorry, but Sean Lamp Ashley. Lighter, I'm so scared. Lamp Here lighter. comes Lamplighter. It sounds like Gaslighter. Like a That's what I thought. <laughs> <laughs> so scared. Oh, God, he's going to tell me something didn't happen when it did. <laughs> what do you mean I didn't save you? I save you all the time. <laughs> he's the Clark Kent of this. Uh, he's the Smallville Clark Kent of this show. Hmm. Um, so, so, Lorenzo, hearing all this, what, is, what do you think so far? Well, the conclusion I've definitely said is, even though I, let me, let me tell you a unique thing. And don't worry about spoilers because I'm actually spoiler insensitive is I actually haven't watched the show at all yet, but uh -huh. it's kind of like a lot of shows where, where because of how popular they are is I already it. might have an bit, you know, like Game of Thrones was actually another one too, that I've only seen a few episodes here and yeah. there, but I'll Damn. somehow get an idea of the lore and, and everything. And first thing I'll say is everyone, all the characters in the show are definitely fucked in the head. So, <laughs> they are, man. From, from what it sounds yeah. like. Yeah. Yeah. yeah they are. But, but on the other hand, what's, what I do find me from a perspective is the fact that, you know, of course, when you get to classic superhero grid or imperfect heroes, of course, it's Watchmen is always going to be an inevitable thing that gets brought up. You know, yeah. even from my own experience, I've, I got, to, I actually read Watch, Watchmen when I wasn't even in high school yet. Um, hmm. You know, thanks to, uh, thanks to Dad, uh, who, who also read these kind of comics too. And it was kind of unique to see about how, you know, superheroes were not always these people like how Superman or whatever were portrayed. And then, so you know, in terms of how times have changed is now that we can actually put a show, like Watchmen came out as a movie, there's that new series, and then you had more books like uh, Super Books from, uh, I think that was a Mark Millar book, if I remember right. Yeah. You know, a lot oh, of yeah. these things are a lot more common now, but, yeah. and now for it to hit, now when you have an over-the-top 
story like the boys like this on tv that's it's available to everyone too and you know what's i gotta say too is that i think it's a good thing i mean just to bring you know it's obvious that it's parody and these things are not meant to be taken as serious things of education or learning or guides to your own morality compass or if yeah if anything it might just teach you to to reflect on your own moral compass and realize, okay, I'm not such a bad person after all, but it's also <laughs> okay to laugh at these things. Because remember, it's still fiction. The, yeah. the one thing that a lot of people in this era forget is that fiction is still fiction. And, and if you're not, and as long as you're not mimicking the questionable things that any of these characters do, then it's okay, right? So, mm -hmm. you know, I don't, I don't know if I might see it, see, quite see it soon enough kind of like how i've never watched tiger king only because you know even i have oh, a point God. too where i'm like do i really want to watch a show about unsavory characters just because everyone's watching it that's that's another that's another thing but i ain't yeah. gonna knock anyone else for for watching it too so the fact that fiction you know absurd fiction like this exists is always a good thing and it needs to stay it needs to stay there so that in just the arts in general we don't get dry or two it's a it's kind of like with a lot of history it reminds us what not to do or not how to behave that type of thing that's mm -hmm. if there's any social awareness lessons to be learned it's also fiction can can teach you as simple as don't act like that right yeah and so i'm i'd like to see the show continue even if i haven't watched it yet it's it sounds like a hoot for sure yeah they're uh, they're sure. planning on season three already. Like Eric Kripke already yeah. tweeted out that they're going to start filming mm -hmm. in early next year. So at the very least, we have that going. And um, Jim Ackles is going to be on there too as that's a right. hero. So the the supernatural links just keep on rolling, baby. Mm -hmm. yep. He's got the composer yeah, from Supernatural. He's got a bunch of producers from Supernatural, a bunch of writers and directors. So yeah, they're all jumping ship now. Yeah. That reminds me too there was speaking of rude superhero stuff that also reminds me of another old comic strip that i saw i think it was in not giving metal magazine i think it was i think it was penthouse comics it was like when when they were trying to do more rude superhero stuff there was this oh. parody about about how uh on superman about you know what what kind of rude things he could do with um yeah, I think this issue came out back in the late '90s, I think. But it was a, it was a page-long comic about about all of the rude things that that a superhero could do, and and how they portrayed it was was it's you can clearly tell that it's Superman's outfit, but mm -hmm. but all of the flesh and face parts are all just rendered in black, and and each panel with a disclaimer and said, "This is not Superman's." Superman is a trademark of DC Comics and such, and they and it would, so it would be everything from. I think there was er, everything one from robbing a bag, one one to uh, one to banging Lois Lane, and and on a whole bunch of other stuff, and and each panel was accompanied with this little disclaimer that said, "This is, it looks like Superman, but it's not Superman, it, because Superman is trademark so and so, but." And, yeah. and that in, and the boys, in, you know, as far as you can see, the obvious, par the obvious superhero set it parodies, yeah, each of the characters, yeah. Uh, and I think it's awesome. I, I, 
I really endorse uh, the occasional root superhero story to keep on coming out, whether it's through the boys or or other any new story that might come out. I think we're so. stuck with this one for a while. To on, be sure. On that, yeah, very good. It's very interesting that you say that because with with Homelander, I was going to say before because it's going to sound like a weird thing to like bring up and. I feel like I'm already like kind of playing with fire, bringing it up, but mm-hmm. I used to be a real big hater of the Zack Snyder movies of, of mm-hmm. the of Superman of man of steel and all and Batman v Superman, because I never really knew Superman, but I thought I knew Superman. And I thought this isn't Superman. He's very unloving and all that, but Rewatching them lately, I appreciated Man of Steel and Batman versus Superman more. I love Man of Steel. I still don't like Batman versus Superman, but no. I respect it. No. But Homelander is what I thought Superman was. And I realize now when I was talking with Gwen, Homelander is basically Superman in the worst case scenario, like more so than. Superman, Red Sun, or Brightburn, or Brightburn, just oh, this is what would have happened. Is he Superman... sounded like Superman from their description? Yeah, yeah he, he's, he's essentially Superman. He's basically what would happen if the if the Kents gave Superman to the government, <laughs> right? That's yeah, say, but like the <laughs> way they do with with him and how they develop him, and just his his un his almost sociopathic nature. It's very compelling, and they even do a spin on how, like, in most Superman stories and movies, the only thing that keeps them tethered to humanity is Lois Lane. They touch on how toxic that can be in The Boys, and how that is both manipulative and very, very dangerous and horrifying. And they play on that so well. And I can't praise it nearly enough for that because by the end of the series, or at least by the end of season two, the actor that plays Homelander is probably my favorite actor in the whole show. He is, like, at first I thought, okay, he's kind of cool. He's just kind of there. He he has that presence, but I was just thinking, he's just just one one of the guys. But by season two, I thought, this man needs an award because he is so so terrifying hmm. it's like that quiet guy that you know that's always very nice to everybody but you see them snap just one time he's got a lot of rage homelander actually like i've been in relationships like that yeah i get that <laughs> oh no you have not, not not like homelander oh my god <laughs> if you've been in a relationship with somebody like homelander you need to go to a therapist now <laughs> They seem nice, but when they snap, you're the only one knows they can snap like that. I'm like, mm-hmm. <laughs> if you get if you get further in the show, I want you to remember that you said that, <laughs> and we'll have a follow up episode. I can already find it right now. <laughs> we'll have a follow up episode on the boys. Like, hey, you, yeah, we totally remember? will. We totally will. When Michaela is done watching the boys, right now, but I'm also like, you'd be surprised what I've experienced. <laughs> no, I get what you're. Thing. I yeah. get what you're saying. But um, I, I think for me, it's Carl Urban. I, I think he's the guy who's like the MVP of the show so far. By the, by the end of season two, I, I'd agree with you. Yeah. 
he's just great. He's he's great in everything. I just the guy he can do no wrong in my opinion. So so maybe <laughs> I'm biased, but um, and, and but he's show, yeah, and on the show like teaching teaching people like just like to, like yeah just kind of reminding people like not to like do bad things and all that just kind of helping at the end of the day just kind of be like a moral like check mark of this is what not to do it really has a beautiful message on not letting rage bottle you up oh yeah and i actually got a little emotional when i realized where that where one of the characters was going Mm -hmm. and i was upset at first but i was like you know what this is so beautiful just to him checking his mental health and actually recognizing i can't just let this sit with me and it's Mm. it's so emotional and so expertly well done and it's handled with such grace even in a show where people get their get torn in half Mm -hmm. it's an odd mixture that the show is of like of emotion resonance and at the same time ultra violence so it's it's kind of a weird mixture where like you don't expect to feel the the journey that these characters go on you don't expect to feel for them or you don't expect to have any kind of empathy for them but then it ends up kind of being that way if that makes sense yeah like it it's it's whereas with Watchmen, it's kind of like i don't know that i felt that necessarily like i'm talking about like the the movie itself um, you know, that was more of like, I was just watching the events unfold and, and, you know, and then you kind of pick your side or whatever, if you do, or maybe they're all wrong in that movie. But like going back, I don't know about the show so much cause I haven't really watched the show. Um, the but show. if you go to like the boys and you kind of go into it thinking that, okay, I'm just going to observe this show and just be like a passive watcher oh that's not events. possible for me so i don't yeah yeah and then you end yeah. up it ends up not being that at all but you see i thought that that was how it was going to be because i saw the show before i started reading the comic mm. and then within the first seven minutes i was like okay i'm kind of hooked here because this is that i can't not be hooked by what happens in that opening with with a train and what happens to huey that's <laughs> Yeah, I just, I, I couldn't walk away from it at that point. That's funny because for a while I did. Hmm. When the show first came out, I, back in, I think it was last year, I think, I was watching yeah. it with my friend Diego and he was like, hey, there's this new show from uh, Seth Rogen and all that. It's about superheroes. Let's check it out. And I was, I just wasn't in the mood, I guess. I don't know. But then after A Train plows through Robin and they're sitting at the, at the at his house at Huey's house with his dad played by Simon Pegg which fun fact about the comics Huey in the comics is modeled after Simon Pegg so it's like He's a designed nice little... to look like yeah Simon Pegg looks exactly but, like him but we got to that point and we were just like I don't want to watch this anymore and I was like you know what I agree I'm just I, I don't know why but for a while I thought this is just too much it's too tasteless and then you know as as the world has stopped spinning right now, you know, we were just like, you know what? We kind of went through a lot of stuff that we already, that was keep making us entertained. Let's just pop on the boys. Let's see what happens. And yeah, after that, I just, I guess I felt re-energized and I was like, I'm, I'm in for this. Mm-hmm. I want to see the justice. 
I'm waiting for the justice. You got, you got to tell me there's justice, or I cannot watch it. I'm just going to watch Rambo. That's my favorite movie series. If that says anything about my dislike for the boys, not dislike, but like the irk that gets me. Yeah. Rambo, it's like, why are you pushing me? Don't push me. And he pushes him. Rambo's like, burn down your town. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think the thing with Watchmen, the show, and uh, uh, the boys, I heard it described to me best from, from Gwen. She said that the boys is like Watchmen by way of Robocop. Hmm. Just like with all the the yeah. social commentary with RoboCop, the whole I'd buy that for a dollar and mm-hmm. all that stuff. The super like ultra violence going on, but it's also a state yeah. of police brutality. And, Your move, creep. And, uh, you know, <laughs> corporate uh, capitalism and all that stuff in the 80s. And this one's just like the corporate capitalism of the 20, of the 2000s. My favorite thing at RoboCop is like the bad guys in the beginning when they're running away from like Murphy and everything in the van. And the one guy, he like he grabs the other dude and he goes, can you fly, Bobby? <laughs> that is my favorite friggin' moment that he just tosses him out of the van. That was insane for me because I knew Clarence from that 70s show as Red Foreman. <laughs> oh, yeah. I was, I was watching him like, oh, hey, it's Red Foreman. Can you fly, Bobby? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, he's come a long way. He has. He's he's, re- he's reformed himself and gone on a sitcom. No, anyway. <laughs> um, so you know, you got like a guy like Jack Quaid playing Huey, who is Dennis Quaid's son. So that's an interesting bit of casting. He surprised me. Yeah, he's actually really good. He's yeah. such a good actor. Mm-hmm. He's really good, but he's playing a character that, like, even I had problems with Huey at first because I was just like, man, I don't know if this guy's so milk toast, you know? Yeah. I related too much to Huey. I'm that kind of guy that second guesses, like, all my decisions. So, like, when he's yelling at the guy that's giving him the, the, the non disclosure agreement and the check, oh, yeah. And then it's revealed yeah. that it's just all in his head. I was like, oh, I was mad that it was in his head. <clears throat> I feel so attacked oh, yeah. right now because that's me. <laughs> yeah. Okay, that's me. That is totally me. I, I second guess. I'm like, ask the boss for a raise. Oh my gosh. I'm like, I don't want to talk about it. But if you kill my loved one, my switch is flipped. That is the yeah. one thing that will get me. And I thought it was going to be him as like a passive guy. I thought it was great. I agree with the, it's hard at work. You know, he's like yeah. kind of nervous. He doesn't know if he wants to go in with this guy or not. I totally get that. He's kind of letting people boss him around. I've been there. I'm that way. But if you kill a loved one and I see your blood That's splatter, it. I am in, I'm not myself anymore. I'm in a mode. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's bad or not, but I, that's how it's going to be. When the love I, of your life turns into a fine mist, you know. <laughs> <laughs> You know, all, all, all cards are yeah. on the table now. That's it. That's it. You're done. Oh, man. Uh, all in all, I give the boys nine splattered robins out of ten. <laughs> I am, right? I am. <laughs> I rewinded that part. I was like, I, I saw that, that wrong. Then I rewinded it and I was like, I didn't see it wrong. <laughs>
I personally give it 10 Carl Urban cunts out of 12. <laughs> yes. He's just got su- such an incredible accent in that show, just playing to his oh, natural yeah. accent. He's like, hey, what's your story, love? <laughs> He's brilliant, man. Um, all right. Do we have anything else we want to say about the boys, Josh? Um, like uh, being that we've watched through through the ending of the show, through the ending of season two, let's say, not of the show, but of season two. Man, there's that moment in the se- in the season finale mm-hmm. when there's a character, a, a new female called uh, Stormfront. Oh God, she is interesting. I'll oh, leave yeah. it at that. Yeah, but she's talking to this kid. And it's thinly, not so thinly veiled. Like the second season ups the social commentary and talks about modern superhero filmmaking. There's a, there's, there's a jab in there about the, you know, the theatrical cut of Justice League that a lot of people loved. And I'll admit when I saw it, it was funny. It was really good. But um, then it also gets into the alt-right and, uh, white supremacy and all that and she's talking about she's telling this kid about how there are some people this kid is white by the way she's telling this kid that some people want them dead just because of the color of their skin and this kid he's just like are you serious and she's like mm-hmm. that's called white genocide and i was just like oh my god is yeah. Storm white? Yeah, she yes. Is. Yeah. There's a lot worse about that character too. Like oh. she's white, but she goes Storm, even Storm worse Trump. than yeah. you could possibly think. That's fine with me. <laughs> she, We're going she will... taboo. Women aren't usually the, the baddies. Like, let's get one in there. Yeah, That's she she's hilarious that you say baddies. She's <laughs> <the> baddies. <laughs> She's the baddiest of the baddies. Let like me you tell should, but, but like the only reason I keep watching is for for my little Starlight. She's so cute. I'm telling you, yeah, she's Starlight's so much better in the second season. Oh, you yeah. can't harm her. I will rage and, quit watching the whole show. <laughs> and, and there's a scene. There's a scene that I guarantee, Michaela, you're gonna cheer at because it is the show's take on that one scene from Avengers Endgame with all the female superheroes coming together. Mm-hmm. Yes, 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 yes. It's like that, but with the boys kind of spin on it. Cool. The Wakanda women are just great. Love them. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> They're just so cool. The, um, so, so, Josh, are you talking about the, the... There's like two instances of that, and one is more serious than the other. So you're talking about the more serious one, right? I think, think I am. So. It's called the, people call it the girls get it done moment. Yeah. Because there's a, there's a dumb thing that they do. In dumb the, line you know, in the thing. Where... For, the, for their Dawn of the Seven movie. Yeah, it's a movie within a movie. Nothing but the girls. And they look at the camera, they're like, no, sweat it. Because girls get it done. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, my new hashtag for all my posts. I would actually, you know, that that is, yeah, that's so funny. That is so funny. 
it's so true too. I want to see you, Michaela. I want to see you cosplay as Starlight. I think that would be a good one for you. Oh, that would be really cool. Yeah, I've seen pictures of her before, and I was like, oh, she looks really cool to cosplay, but what's this girl about? Then I watched the show, and I'm like, okay, she's cool. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> By the way, did you recognize her, Kiona, the actress Erin Moriarty? Uh, I've seen her in some other movie, I think, or maybe one or two other things. It was another thing, but it wasn't as obvious like a Sean Ashmore, but... yeah. Her face just felt so familiar, and I found out she's from Jessica Jones. She was in the first season when Kilgrave was. Yeah. She oh my God, that's that right. Kilgrave You're right. Was like praying after, and yeah. Oh my God, I that's where I saw her. Yeah, yeah. You're right. It's just a who's who of like, hey, I've seen that guy before. Yeah, I mean, it really is. It's a, it, oh, a lot of people in the oh show are very recognizable. When we first saw Edgar. <laughs> oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, oh. When we first see yeah. Edgar. <laughs> Giancarlo Esposito, yeah. Mm -hmm. He's yeah. great. Which, of, of all the people from Breaking Bad, he's probably got the best post-Breaking Bad career, just seeing Gus Fring. Oh, shit. <laughs> oh, shit, yeah. you're Lex Luthor and, and Harley and Quinn? You and I screamed when we saw him. <laughs> yeah. He's such an awesome actor. He was also on this short-lived show called Revolution, which was another Eric Kripke produced uh, show, I think. So, so even he's an Eric Kripke. Oh my yeah. God. All right. So now that we've said our piece about the boys here, and I think I I think we're good, right, Josh? Are you good to go? Yeah, to I think I got. I think I got all of it out of my system for now until season three, and then I'm gonna get my heart broken probably. Well, we'll do another one of these probably before then so we can all talk about it again. But um, so let's talk about a little bit about like uh, comics or movies or, or games or whatever that you've been playing or you've been enjoying lately. Has anybody been enjoying anything? Because I know I've been like knee deep in research for like the interviews that we've been that that we planned for the past week or, or two weeks. Um, we interviewed the guys who did a comic called Starlight, which is not related to Starlight from the boys. It's another Starlight. So interesting that that term has been used a lot lately. Um, uh, next week, I have another interview coming up. So it's, we've been busy. Um, but like, Lorenzo, has there been any, anything that you've been enjoying, like reading or watching? Or do you have time for that? Oh, they can't. Well, I'm, I'm still playing Division 2 up to now because they did they released another season where you're you're now hunting after one of the, the the story's villains by by eliminating four rogue agents to get to the top to the target. Somehow that's still never that's that game still hasn't gotten known for me, which is good. Though I I haven't I haven't been able to play through the season as much only because yeah, I've got all sorts of stuff going on over. I guess what I've been catching up even on Netflix is I've been I've always looking for for good foreign movies, whether they're artsy stuff or the action things, or special mention relevant to this. Would you believe I finally watched Sucker Punch from beginning to end for the first time? Really? Yeah, really? Up to now, yeah. I was doing the cosplay, so I watched the movie. Yeah, yeah. Oh. I'm, a, I'm a late bloomer when it comes to a lot of, uh, when it comes to a lot of the stuff, but like even, Believe it or not, I still haven't watched Avatar from the beginning to end also, but I already know the story. 
But even the uh, what I like about Sucker Punch is kind of kind of just to go back to the boys a little bit is I can see why it has appeal. It's just the just the over the top stuff. The and what I liked about Sucker Punch is the soundtrack was also fantastic too. Oh yeah. Yeah. But was that so uh let me ask if this is correct. Is Sucker Punch the movie that pretty much put Zack Snyder on the radar for all for everything that came after, or was that, or was uh, did he do other stuff before that? He, he did, did some other. Yeah, go ahead. He Josh. Did the Dawn of the Dead remake with uh, in, in two thousand four, and mm-hmm. he did the three hundred and Watchmen. Oh, oh okay, that that makes sense now. But. Yeah. yeah, Sucker Punch, I'd argue, is like the point where Zack Snyder hit his like, this is what defines me mm. era. Ah, oh. mm. I see. Yeah, I think I can that, see. Yeah, I, I think it was, um, for me, it was Watchmen that, that put him on the map. Because didn't that come out before Sucker Punch? That came out before, but I don't know. For, for me, Watchmen still felt like he was learning with his style like he like like every director kind of has those few movies that they do before they're like all right this is how i'm gonna make movies you know uh yeah yeah that's it true took, it took tarantino until like kill bill where he's like that's it yeah this is how i'm doing it now it took scorsese up until taxi driver and even then i'd argue it took him until i i guess the color of money where it's like my movies are gonna be adrenaline filled Mm-hmm. it's gonna mm-hmm. feel like you just took a shot of coke and i'm not gonna stop and with <laughs> sucker punch it's like i'm making the movies for me yeah. i love my pacing i love my aesthetic i'm just gonna do more of this and credit words do i really he like style there. Yeah. yeah he developed his own sort of aesthetic I, I would say that, uh, yeah, for, for me, it was Watchmen just because, like, I'm such a huge comic book guy. And so, like, to see him, he kind of, that that was kind of like an ultimate adaptation, I, I feel like. Because they really, even though some people say it doesn't work, for me, it worked. Um, I just thought it was well done. For Sucker Punch, it, it was it was the first movie where it felt like it was him for real doing, you know, like you said, whatever, whatever he wanted to do. And, and it was what he loved, but I don't know the plot for me for that one, just uh, not quite as good in my opinion. I agree. I, I, I wasn't, I, I didn't love it. The scenes where it went to like the fantasy um, that, that went on a bit for me. I just yeah. forward through it. It wasn't, yeah, not my favorite of his. But, but still okay. The one, the one, yeah. The one thing I thought was neat that I also realized that the, you know, that the, uh, the wise man guy was also the same same actor who played Stick over in, in Daredevil. Yeah. Yeah. Just, yeah. yeah. Uh, was it Scott Glenn? Was his Scott name? Glenn. Yeah. 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 Because yeah, I remember seeing his. I would hear that voice, and I'm like, okay, where have I? I would. I said, like, where have I seen that guy before? And then when I realized, oh, okay, it's. It's the guy who played Stick, mm-hmm. who was a, who I would say was absolutely perfect for that. Because yeah, Ele- he was. the Electric Saga was another one of my old favorite comics growing up too. Which um, I and that's... go ahead. Oh no no I'm done I'm done. I was just go gonna ahead. say I just finally watched Silence of the Lambs for the first time. Oh, hmm. Awesome. Yeah, How'd which... you like it? 
uh, oh my, quickly, very quickly became one of my favorite movies of all time. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's a great movie. The guy who played Stick, he's in that too. Yeah. Oh really? Yeah, he's the the FBI whatever dude. Yeah. Awesome. I'll go check that out. I I've been thinking about uh, watching the Hannibal Lecter spinoff series. Just because of how good the, the movie was. Yeah. Is that the one that has uh, Mads Mikkelsen in it? Yes, it has Dads Mikkelsen himself. Dads Mikkelsen. Yeah. I, I, I call him that just because of, I still have Death Stranding on the brain. And ah, yeah. 70% of playing that game was just seeing Mads Mikkelsen <laughs> talking to a baby the whole time. Yeah. Baby. Baby. <laughs> <laughs> He won, and he won awards for that too. You know what? They were were deserved. Okay. (laughs) Oh yeah. I too felt like Mads Mikkelsen was my father. The audience couldn't see it, but I just got really close up to the camera. (laughs) Oh my god, that's so accurate. That game was great, though. I, I. I re- that was definitely my Christmas time game for sure. <laughs> yeah. That was my quarantine game. Yeah. <laughs> I had to I had to quit my job and I was just like, man, I, I feel like I need to move around. I feel like I need to go on a walk, but oh wait, I can't go on a walk. You know what? Let me play this game about walking. <laughs> <laughs> for just a few hours a day, I too can pretend that I'm I'm Norman Reedus. I'm that Dreamy. Yes. <laughs> and you have a fetus. Oh my god. Oh my gosh. <laughs> oh my god. That's so stranding. That's strand. <laughs> it, it's death stranding. I mean, it, it, even if you play the game, you'll be lost. Oh yeah. Even if you look like into the lore and everything, you'll still be lost. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a Hideo Kojima game, so. I'm frankly surprised he didn't get Game of the Year from, uh, what's his name, from Keeley, from Jeff Keeley. Because he was in it. He can't be nepotism. That's oh, really? That's not what word means, Josh. He, he's, a, he's, a, he's a role in the game. He's one of the people you make deliveries to called The Collector, and he collects a bunch of video game-related uh, uh, packages. Just like how, it, th- there's even a scene where he has Conan O'Brien make a cameo. Yes. And yeah, his whole thing is he's just doing... He's just doing stand-up, trying to get Sam, uh, Norman Reedus's character, to laugh. But Norman Reedus's character is so stone-faced. Eventually, uh, Conan just gets frustrated. He's like, all right, fine. Okay, tough crowd. All right, here, take your gift and go, you bastard. You can that go. game... Oh, hold on a sec, folks. Okay. That, that game is so weird because it's like... God, I don't know. It, it it's serious, and at the same time, it's a Kojima game, so it's like too weird to be serious. There's that hilarious scene where he's talking with Nicholas Winding Refn, and he's okay, called Heart Man because his heart is shaped like the actual, like the cartoon heart, because of a weird disorder, and also because he. Uh, he stops his heart every 15 minutes to look for his family in the afterlife. So that's how literal they get with the names of this of this series. But 
during one of the visits after a very serious conversation he dies you know for that brief moment and then as norman reedus is walking out he goes to a record player that he has on the table and then does the er, 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 and goes yeah boy that was great. and That's then you sweet. hear 20 dislikes by hartman and then the camera pans down on hartman's dead body or like comatose body and as the camera pans down, he's got a thumbs up, and then it says 20 likes from Harden. <laughs> I feel like we're we're overwhelming Michaela. I'm so it's sorry. Just, it's, it's, I don't know what it, we're it, talking it. about here. <laughs> oh, Death yeah. Stranding. I, I, just, I don't know. Yeah, that's a little much for me. Then again, I just did watch uh, Southland Tales, so. Okay, oh, that, that also reminds me too, um, as far as the Death Stranding characters, I, uh-huh. I recently saw a, a, a sci-fi movie on Netflix called Io, with, and it had Margaret Qualley in it. The, the, oh. the mom. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. That She's was actually been in a like, neat movie too. Yeah, she was in that. She was in Death Stranding. Kind of forgot. Hmm. Yeah, I'll, yeah I'll she, she played Mama and, her, and the twins that fucked up. Uh, later on yeah yeah i'll always remember her as the girl from the nice guys first and foremost and everything else has just been kind of oh hey it's the girl from the nice guys that's nice <laughs> you're in once upon a time in hollywood that's nice you're dating pete davidson <laughs> <laughs> all right so uh michaela tell us about your experience on that uh, that movie that you that just released here that you're in, uh, what is yeah, it called? Ar- Archeon or something? Like Archeon <clears throat> Halloween Summoning. It it's hard to talk about after all these like super high quality shows, but it's um pretty good. I'm in it. I'm the supporting <laughs> role. My name is Kate. Um, if did you did any of you guys see it? I did. I watched it. I haven't had a chance to. I did not even know that that, that such a thing existed. What? Yeah, so like the other day I just Googled it and I was like, oh, this movie, my movie's out. Okay, I'll watch it. (laughs) (laughs) It was meant to be in Redbox, so I don't know if that will ever happen, but it was made as a Redbox Mm. original. Um, what did you, I, I just want to say what you think about it. it. I definitely have a lot of insider information. You know, there was a lot of, um, little things I know from being there, but what'd you well, think about it? Did they, did they cut you out a little bit of the movie or something? Or, or did you have more of an arc? Because that's kind of what I was, I, I was thinking that like, there was maybe something there that, that wasn't in the movie or something. No, I, no, I just have like, okay. So, you know, the bathroom scene where like, I'm talking with the two guys and then we're like, Hey, we're going to go to the bathroom real quick. That was a total improv scene. That was only added because I was like cutting up with the directors like, hey, the guys are talking like, what if we had her in the bathroom like where we're talking about the guys because you know, that's what girls do when they excuse themselves in the bathroom and they're like, we, we might not add it but like, just go for it guys. And then I look up the movie and like the one scene that they used for the cover picture was like the scene in the bathroom. <laughs> so that wasn't supposed to be there originally. There you go. Oh, that's cool. And then um, my my Halloween outfit was a SWAT uniform, but it was called Hot yes. SWAT. 
they told us to show <laughs> up in a costume. So I showed up as, you know, this Wonder Woman because that's what I wanted to be. And they're like, oh, that's kind of like a trademark costume. You can't be that. So I had to run to Party City last oh minute gosh. with the head of wardrobe. And like all they had left was a hot SWAT uniform. And I was like, you know, I don't know if Kate would wear it, but I'll do it. <laughs> so that wasn't supposed to be my actual costume, but I thought it ended up being pretty cool. I think it worked. I think it honestly worked for the character. Plus, you know, it, it, yeah, it, I, I, I got the sense that you were cool for that guy. That was, oh, that Kate was well, too cool? She was too cool for that guy. Yeah. That guy was like kind of a twerp, man. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but the really interesting thing here is that so it was Kate and Teresa was Kate's friend. And yeah. Pete mm -hmm. was trying to, you know, hit on Teresa. That girl was actually dating Jackson, my love interest in real life. Oh, yeah. So, okay. you know, during the scene where it's like, okay. okay, I'm supposed to kiss Jackson, it's like legit right in front of his girlfriend. <laughs> that always horrifies me, like, <laughs> doing that stuff, like, because I, I make movies and all that, and I always get worried, like, doing that stuff, because it's like, is this, is this going to cross any boundaries? Is this okay? I don't know. Does this make me a cuck? <laughs> yeah, and, and like, so it's one kiss when you watch the movie. It's just one little kiss, but like, yeah, we had to yeah. do that take like 10 times. <laughs> and I even brought up, I was like, I know Teresa's lines. Do you want to like switch? Is it more comfortable? And she's like, no, I like my characters, Teresa. You should be Kate. And I'm like, Okay, I'm gonna just be over here kissing your boyfriend. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I oh, guess yeah, they're not it. together anymore, so that oh, aged well. He's not a twerp in real life. I'm just saying that on in the movie, in the movie, it was just like I don't know. I was like, oh man, Kate, Kate deserves better. No, but <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He put on the mask and was just like, oh my god, I'm so scared. <laughs> yeah, and the guy's like, I would have a party, but like, or, or I think Jackson's gonna tell on me. And I'm like, Jackson, don't tell. And he wouldn't even ask his brother. Like, ask your brother if you can have the party. And he's like, I will eventually. Did you want to, did you want to be the one who puts on the enchanted evil mask in the movie? Like, no, do you think Kate would have if it had shown up in front of her like it always did in the box? Right. I think she would have, yeah. I think she would have. Yeah. I and thought her and Jackson were like kind of cute together, but yeah. You well, know, he was been... awkward. Kate was kind of awkward, but not. Yeah, as it would have. It would have <laughs> been interesting to see them how they handled it if they had both put on the mask and then like had that shared moment of like solidarity or something where they're like they could they could comfort each other. I would yeah, have done that. When the, demon, when the demon showed up at the party, only Jackson could see it. Yeah. Kate couldn't see, which was actually, um, they, they didn't use CGI like I thought they would. So that is what the, the demon looked like. And it was kind of creepy. It creeped me out. And they're like, just ignore it. And I'm like, okay. They're I'll like, ignore it. There's <laughs> <laughs> a demon okay. right there staring at me. They're like, only Jackson can see. Just ignore it. I'm like, okay. They're like, you see that, sc that screeching guy over there? You're not supposed to see him. Just ignore him. Oh, another thing. The first singer showed up to set, and uh -huh. I'm like, oh my gosh, we went to high school together. <laughs> I'm like, you rap now? And he's like, you act now? 
And we're like, wow, well, how have you been? We went to high school together. I thought his song was awesome, though. I, I thought he had, um, I loved the songs that they played. Was he singing on set? Was that him actually singing? I, I don't think was it was. We had to just go take after take after take. So he was just, mm. in, in music videos, always, he just sang over your actual yeah. song. Yeah, yeah. It's interesting. So like, so, so the movie, um, so then at the end, they have this twist where like, I don't want to give too much away, but there's a guy who comes in who knows more than everybody else in the room, let's say. And so he kind of, he kind of like sorts things out sort of. And I kept expecting there to be a heel turn from him and him to just go like evil. I, so I talked to the actor and he's like, you know, I wouldn't trust my character. I don't. We don't know if that guy is actually trying to help for the best intentions. Because at the end, he does, you know, contact the lady that was in the first scene, which is sketchy. But for me, which is interesting coming from me, I wish there was more depth and more suspense. <laughs> I just feel like they kept leading up to something that didn't happen. And the one quote-unquote death that happened, it it was like not even sure if that guy, like, I don't know, maybe he's just in the other world forever. I don't really know what happened to that guy. He's <laughs> just the poor guy just got <laughs> taken away. We don't know what happened to him. <laughs> so so yeah. I, I, I would love to see you. I, I think, you know, I think what we see of you in that movie is, is that out of everybody in the movie, I think you have so much potential and I think that your career is going to go way, way over like what people are seeing. Um, so I think that like for you, I would cast you in the boys so that you could team up with Starlight and just go and stomp everybody. Like bring a train over there. Like just give you a power set that could negate his and just like, oh, like you have control so cool. over gravity or something. Superhero movies is something I've always like kind of wanted to do if I if I did anything like just have power and just be be a good person. But when I did that movie, I'd only been acting for four months. So, <laughs> so how long ago was that movie done? So it was delayed because of COVID. We were supposed to have a premiere, like where you take pictures, like with the cool backdrop, oh, wow. and you all because when you do a movie, you do a watch party where you all watch it like if it's a theatrical release or like whatever kind of release it is, you all watch it together. I'm not supposed to just be able to Google it and find it. And that's how I know my movie's out. But because of COVID, <laughs> it got delayed and we couldn't have that big of a, a gathering to do that. So yeah, <laughs> it's supposed to be cooler. I was a, a distance runner in a movie that was actually like out in theaters but and I was supposed to be there to like sign things this was before COVID to sign like autographs and stuff as people walked in to watch the movie and I was also supposed to be a lead in a horror movie this year but that couldn't happen because of COVID so mm, yeah this is, this is really depressing me because I really want to make movies and I have to put my next short on hold because covid and especially because it's a more intimate thing and i need more mm -hmm. location so it's like i can't do anything until we return to a slight sense of normalcy and i'm not about to do anything like that especially when you get things like oh yeah 
filming for Jurassic World uh, Dominion is delayed because some people tested positive. Oh, mm-hmm. the Batman got delayed because Robert Pattinson got COVID. Yeah. No, Jurassic World had like five million extra in the budget just for COVID precautions. Wow. Which is crazy. Yeah, I was on set for a TV show. It'll be out on TV and then on Hulu. It's a true crime one I did like two weeks ago. I was the killer. And like, I couldn't even actually touch someone to fake strangle them. So it was like this person just going Uh like this. And then we had to cheat it with the camera. My arm's like here and she's like right here. We're nowhere even close. We just couldn't even, you weren't even allowed to touch. And I'd have an argument with my quote unquote husband and they're like, fight six feet apart. Just don't get in each other's faces. We can't do that. What? (laughs) Okay. (laughs) And he had to wear masks anytime that you weren't actually recording. And there was, this girl was supposed to be in my car as we rolled up and then we both get out together. They're like, sorry, we can't have you both in that close vicinity. So you're just going to drive up, Michaela. And then once you park, we'll cut. And then the girl will get like near your car. And then we'll go from there. Oh, my gosh. This sounds incredibly stressful. Yeah. 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 I I imagine it must be hard for you just even as an actor just to kind of be in the moment because it's like, Okay, so this is basically a one-woman play right now. Okay, let's... Yeah, um, a ton um, of things are remote now, too. Like, even whole shows and stuff. I did, I was a virtual audience member for the Dr. Phil show, because that's a thing. There's a whole thing of virtual audience members where I, like, got paid to watch Dr. Phil, and my little icon was, like, right behind his head of me, like, that's... reacting and clapping from my phone. I'm just on a screen clapping with everyone else. That's freaky. I remember seeing that on the Ellen show when she was doing her whole apology and she looked out at the sea and it was like all these boards with people's heads on there clapping. And I just remember thinking, this feels like something like out of 1984. Yes, that's exactly what I thought. Like, okay, Big Brother is watching. (laughs) It is total dystopia now. Oh, it was weird. It was like applause button went up and we like clapped and they're like, okay, and we're out hold till it comes back <laughs> like okay i'm just like sitting in my room with my with my umbrella lights on me at my desk just like okay i'm waiting <laughs> <laughs> and then vin diesel performed his pop song on ellen <laughs> that's mm-hmm. where and then everyone adds a clap <laughs> <laughs> i know there's some stuff i've never actually watched the dr phil show but my mom actually works for him. I was born in Texas and that's because she was working for him then before he got huge. She was like his right hand woman. Like it held me as a baby, gave me furniture in my room, all this this wow. stuff. Jeez. So I, it was weird that I'm like, hey mom, I'm like on the Dr. Phil show, just like casually behind his head. <laughs> <laughs> they said he would he would answer questions at the end and then he like didn't because I was gonna be like, hey, I, I know you. Um, but yeah, I didn't, I've never watched the show, but one episode, I liked the first episode, but the second episode, I was just there like, I'll bite my tongue because I don't agree with what he's saying. Because it had to be, what I did before acting was helping pregnant women with opioid addictions to have a healthy baby. And that's what he was talking on because there's a woman that was using heroin while she was pregnant. And I'm like, your advice is like not good. <laughs> 
topic i know pretty well to just like dr phil should, should stay in his lane like you shouldn't give medical advice dude like he was good on the first show and it was just advice advice it's like that was that was solid cool let's go on to the second episode i'm happy second episode i'm like no no please don't no you're making her cry stop no but uh. well, he's a he's a forensic psychologist right is that what he I is? Don't think I don't think he has any type, he didn't have any type of qualifications. Like, he's not an actual doctor. He, he did some stuff, like some forensic stuff. But I'm like, oh, why are you being me? He's like, you're killing your baby. And she's like, I'm trying not to. And I'm like, no, it's a disease. Stop yelling at her like that. Yeah. Oof. But yeah, they, they brought a peer in who'd been through the same thing. So she, she made me feel better because she was like supportive to the girl. I'm like, okay. We're <laughs> okay, so he doesn't have a a, a PhD in forensic uh, no. evidence, but he has. You mean psychology? He has a doctorate in clinical psychology, but ceased renewing his license to practice psychological therapy. Hmm. He he's seen some stuff too over the years, so I'm sure he knows a lot. Yeah, like I said, he did great in the first episode, where it's like giving this girl advice. It was like halfway suicidal and wanted to kill her family. I thought the advice was good and set her up in a good like home to stay in to get therapy. It's like that was good. But then when it started talking about like drugs, like you don't know suboxone, methadone, subutex is what you take when you're pregnant and you can still get high from subutex. Like he just didn't know the ins and outs of like what you go on, MAT, like he just didn't know. And I was sitting there like, oh, like, you have no medical expertise, so. Just yeah, he's like, so you're going to go on the Suboxone. I'm like, Suboxone can be harmful for the baby. You go on Subutex if you're pregnant. But I won't say anything. I'll clap as an audience member. Yay. <laughs> you should have done it and then just, like, challenge Dr. Phil live on air. <laughs> you held me as a baby, but I'm back. You held, <laughs> you, you held me as a baby, but I'm going to tear you down as a man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right uh lorenzo i want to bring you back on here because i feel like we you know poor lorenzo has just been sitting here listening um so <laughs> what about so 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 tell us a little bit more about your story um about your your comic that has become like a novel now so let's see well the it's it's actually a story uh it's actually a story that I kind of, it kind of began actually in 2003, you know, which I, which as you already know, Keona was, uh, you know, under the name Thugs and Assassins. Yes. Uh, of course, you know, in its earliest years, it began as a simple uh, gang war story. Mm -hmm. But then, but especially around, if you remember during the 2003s, because in the wake of 9-11, a lot of, you know, you had a lot of, uh, you know, anti-terror unit and cop series suddenly pop up out of out of the, the blue right so that's yeah. partially inspired by that also but then you know and it was meant to be part comedy part serious that type and then mm -hmm. but then of course i'm thinking like okay but it still doesn't set me apart from everything else so in later years then i started to implement more supernatural or spiritual stuff into it um uh, and 
that's when it started to be, uh, become a little bit more unique. And then by the time 2015 came around, which, though, so, yeah, around, that's around the time when I met you, mm -hmm. I had implemented that completely into the story and did my first little comics of that. And aliens would also be a part of it too. So fast forward to now is, um, you know, is what I'm going to do in the novel is I'm actually going to start it from the last, from the last series that I was working on, um, Almighty. And that's what I'm actually going to be calling the entire saga from now on is Almighty and have it, have its other story names together with it. And so it'll begin with the basis of the story goes is that it, it tells of a, you know, of a being that's supposedly a godlike being or greater than a god that of a woman that lived in the center of the earth where the, where there was like a great shadow in there and she controlled the energies of, uh, of the world, life and death. And it was implying that, that even in this darkness, there was actually an, um, a more sinister darkness that was beginning to swallow her up. Mm -hmm. And, and then it moves forward to four, to four women who seem to look like they're part of a, you know, of an independent, uh, mercenary group and and they're implying knowledge about this girl and then they end up on the moon it it's a long story but in general what i'm writing is that this is it's actually about my version of the apocalypse which it first it, it's supposed to be meant to kind of changing everything we that we think to know about about history and the apocalypse too where Normally, when you get to the apocalypse and Armageddon, you think about the biblical stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, the Bible has also has also been known to be tried to be connected to aliens, according to some people, right? So this is this is what I'm doing is I'm tying it into into aliens itself because the primary character, uh, whose name is Johanna, is is actually what we believed to be God, um, at least on our Earth, even though she says. She shaped the earth of how it was, but she didn't create the whole universe. And and then it turns out that every problem that we've had um, throughout history and society is actually the result of a war that she's been, because she's actually from another planet, another galaxy, and she ended up on Earth to go after the enemy to go after the enemy that attacked her homeland. But that enemy is still is actually responsible for all the problems that we have today, as far as, you know, as far as social inequality, racism, um, you name it. It's, they're all, this, these, um, this enemy aliens are actually the source of everything. So the main character and her granddaughters are the ones that are gonna be fighting this war against them and kind of tie in the two, to, the two galaxies together and its histories cultures and everything like i said it's a big thing it's a big thing to all take in so that's why that's why i'm kind of moving out of comic books to go into novels instead because you know just like with every literary thing i've that i was inspired by um it's probably better in novel form the closest thing i would say that would have to be was like how sand the sandman universe was uh, uh, in terms of yeah. trying try to tie in in each story chapter story arc you're piecing together um the lore and the history of the characters itself whether it's from the say from the dreaming 
you know, from the analysts themselves, or even all the human characters that were involved in there. Which, mm -hmm. uh, how, like, speaking of Salmon, how far have you got, uh, got into the series now? Um, I just read, it, right? yeah, I read Preludes and Nocturnes, and then I had to kind of move on and, and read a bunch of other stuff because I was trying to write my column with all the capsule reviews of, of comics and stuff. So, but so far I've just read volume one, but it was really, really good. Yeah. yeah. And, that's, uh, and, and that's I'm, great. I need to read more. Yeah. I, I highly recommend it because Sandman is probably the one primary comic series that probably influenced my writing style too, as far as, you know, that whole thing about mixing the modern day and fantasy and yeah. or mythology into it. The, a lot of the characters that you've even seen in the DC, you know, in like the DC Vertigo series are, were also found in the Sandman world also. Might mm -hmm. have even, some of them might even come from them. One of the best stories uh, is the one called Brief Lives, which was uh, also illustrated by Jill Thompson. And that actually talks about how, about things like gods and goddesses walking amongst, actually walking amongst the earth as mm -hmm. well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and that's kind of one of one of the elements I wanted to to write into Almighty, which is uh, is you have is about a goddess a goddess in the middle of the earth who finally some you learn about how she finally came out of the earth uh, how she got there in the first place and how they got her out and and her own and her own catharsis to being what she was because. She was actually a soldier from her homeland uh, who had gained a whole lot of power, but she didn't know how to use it yet. And mm -hmm. it messed her up, basically. And her, gran and her, own, her own granddaughters, uh, who are all human, uh, earth humans, also inherited uh, all that power is actually in their genetics. So, and it's ultimately them that actually kind of have to help snap her out of out of it and to finally find a balance in her you know in her own powers and herself and and as that family they will be the ones to continue um to do things just to fight that war that was continuing in their galaxy but at the same time they're trying to they're also trying to enlighten the rest of humanity so so uh, appropriately enough in as Apocalypse, the term, a lot of people like to say, whenever you get to disasters, they always say apocalypse, but they confuse that with Armageddon. Apocalypse is about revealing the unseen. Revelate, that's revelation. Armageddon is the one where everything gets nuked over there. So I thought it would be a neat thing to, you know, after reading a lot of, you know, Isaac Asimov and other sci-fi things, just to kind of influence my version of it into mixing it with fantasy and and sci-fi together mm -hmm. yeah and so i'm that's so that's awesome. what i'm gonna do is my next my next book that i'm gonna publish next year is going to be that is it more like an illustrated novel version of almighty rather than a comic book instead cool. that way i can that way i can really tell besides show what's happening i can i can give you all that lore stuff that that uh as you know a lot sometimes lore books is alone is also a great thing to sell too just yeah con just like concept art and everything like that and it's a it's a kind of a niche market but it's always good to explore right yeah 
I'd yeah. say so. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, Josh, how does that sound to you? Yeah, I'm down. I'm down. I'm still trying to get more into like broad, broad uh, stories like that. But I'm I'm down to read it. I'm down to I'm down to check it out. And I want that lore book. <laughs> See, you got another customer right there. <laughs> Okay. I'll I'll be working on that for sure, Josh. Thank you. But yeah. No worries. All right. So, um, so guys, apart from that, what else have you been enjoying so far? Anything else, Michaela? Have you been playing anything? Because I know we didn't really ask you like like what you've been up to here. Are you still playing League? I'm playing League. Is that right now? So everyone's playing that. It's the most loved featured game in League. But I'm I'm on the Among Us. Train. Oh, okay. Okay. I haven't played that yet. So. If you played the game Mafia before, which I love, I get friends together and they're like, what do you guys want to do? I'm like, play Mafia. And like, no one really ever wants to. But <laughs> uh, Among Us is just like a Mafia game. Cool. It's been really fun. I've been streaming it. That's awesome. Yeah, we might actually get together with uh, with one of our other co-hosts, Brock, and uh, maybe play Among Us. I'm not sure if we're going to play like that or Jackbox uh, on Twitch. Oh, both are fun. Yeah, so hopefully, hopefully that'll happen pretty soon. Oh man, Jackbox hate- is is less argument argumentative. So. Okay. <laughs> Not like you killed me. Why'd you kill me first? Well, why'd you blame me? I told you it wasn't me, and they're like, yeah, you know. I I hope we do Among Us. It would be hilarious to see the the podcast crew just kind of fall to crumbles, just <laughs> arguing. I would love that, honestly. I I have I have a terrible story with Among Us because I I, pl- I installed it on a whim because everyone said it's free and mm. you know if you know me you know I like things that are inexpensive. So, it's free on your phone, five dollars on Steam. Uh, but you know what? That's not so bad. That's but not I bad. installed it on my phone and I started playing it and I had no idea what I was doing. So I went to the tutorial. I thought, okay, I'm good. I think I know what to do. It's all going to be fine. And within the first 10 seconds of the first game I joined, I was immediately voted out just uh, because I forgot to change my name. So it just said PLAYER in all caps. People do play it a lot, though. But they usually are suspicious. I was the killer in my first game, and I didn't watch a tutorial. <laughs> so they're like, I saw... I saw Mika use vents, and I'm like, yeah, they're convenient. What about it? And they're like, only an imposter can use the vents. And then I was found out. (laughs) (laughs) Now I kind of want to play it, because I'm just so curious. Don't use vents. They're just too much of a liability. I've never used them as the imposter anymore. That's hilarious, though, that you just tried to own it. Just, yeah, what up? Like, yeah, they're efficient. Are you not using them? They're like, no. <laughs> We're not the imposter. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> um, okay, I think we're going to just wrap this up now at this point, unless anybody else has anything Don't going on that you wanted to, to talk about, hype up or mention I'll be, we'll be very yeah, I got some. I got something to show Okay, go for it. Go for it. Oh, I just, want, just, wanted, yeah, just wanted to make a quick mention before I go is, so I got, uh, I recently joined uh, a new group called, what was it? Have you guys heard of uh, Comicplex? 
comic book, the Comic Flix Comics Network? No. No. Yeah. So, um, so as I might have mentioned to you earlier, so I got okay. invited to a a virtual a virtual con that that these folks are going to be holding called One Hundred One Tales, uh, from November seventeenth to twenty one, over there, and yeah, it's hosted by by this thing called Comicsplex, spelled C O M I X P L E X, and looks pretty neat. It's because I got invited by by Mog Park and her crew. Uh, to participate in this and it kind of almost looks like a mini social media network but specifically for comic creators and and fans oh. um, if you want to check that out yeah oh yeah i see so it okay I, yeah and i'll be so i'll be actually participating um uh, and nobu's going to be there too at some point i think we chose um uh, i'll i'll be posting later on to know which which time and dates but there's going to be like tons of artists of joining this one too for that event called 101 tales yeah yeah i see it i'm on the website right now okay interesting yeah yeah so go check it out and i'll be i'll much i'll have a much cleaner presentation about almighty uh, that i've been actually preparing for uh for this event as well trying to create some art i've got um i've actually got on vu uh doing a a special uh, doing an illustration of Jahana to sell, uh, to make a oh, special awesome. limited edition over there too. Yeah, it, it's going to look awesome. Yeah. All right. Yeah, but uh, and what's neat too is that I noticed that there's a I I'm going to be meeting with them on Sunday for for a virtual meeting as well. And it looks like there's actually a bunch of artists of local artists that I've never met met before in the, you know the normal circle of the Hawaii cons. Mm-hmm. These are all new people. Uh, really, that I, it's not the usual the usual folks that we've seen that I've always been seeing for the last few years. So I'm great just to see what kind of new um, uh, what other new talents actually exist over here. Yeah, that's uh, awesome, man. Because I know that there's like there's a thriving sort of like artist, you know, like there's a lot of artists and a lot of writers in Hawaii that are just local writers and artists that don't really see their work kind of published in. Um, like on the mainland or anything like I haven't noticed too much of it so we, we definitely need to put the word out yep and uh and make sure guys like you guys like Todd Bernardi and and everybody are like you know and Sam Campos and everybody are, are seen mm-hmm. so that'd be cool maybe that's something that we can do one day is just have like a little do like a little podcast of just like all the the, the Hawaii-born comic guys because I would love oh, yeah. to talk to you guys about what's happening over there man I miss awesome. my zippies, man. I yeah, miss my, but, my Korean barbecue stuff, man. I like I miss the food. Yeah, I believe you. Like, no place, like Rainbow had better not close down before I get back there, man. Rainbow driving. Yeah, so far they're still safe and Zippies is, is um hasn't been hit by COVID yet. So you still got a chance. And you can always I think you can mail order zippies too. So. Really? I gotta look yeah, into that. at least at least they're chilly, you can. It's gonna be like a hundred bucks. <laughs> <laughs> All right, but um, yeah, man. Thanks for thanks for coming on the show, dude. It's been a long time, so I know. Thanks for inviting to me. You. Yeah, for I'm sure. sorry. I, I have to go back and like reread your stuff. I still have all your comics and stuff. I brought them over with me, so gotta go back and reread that. Reread uh, Nobu's stuff and and uh, you know enjoy all that. So, but yeah, we'll definitely have you back on Lorenzo. So thank you so much for coming on. And then, uh, Michaela, thank you so much for coming on and talking about the movie and just talking about, you know, what's been going on with you. And, like, I know I definitely want to bring you back on as well in the future and hopefully make you a regular face around here. 
um, because we are definitely supporting you and your career and can't wait to see where it goes. So yeah, thanks. Me, me too. <laughs> <laughs> Once this COVID thing is done, you know, everything will get better. So, you know, we'll, yeah, yeah. we'll get you in like the X-Men movies or something. That's what I want to see. I want to see like, yeah. like if you could play an X-Men character, who would you play? But I got to be a new one though, right? Not necessarily because Disney is just probably going to reboot it. So we would have to get you as somebody like, like what about Rogue? Wait, you play Rogue? wait who's the girl with the, the one stripe in her hair? That's Rogue. No, I'd play, I'd play, I, oh yes, that, that's what I was trying to bring I up. Yeah, I'd, play, I'd play any of them. I'd play the doctor in the wheelchair, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> Can't you see? I'll, I'll do whatever. If they say X-Men in the casting, I'm in. I'm in it. <laughs> Let's get her in there, guys. Um, all right, I'll and so, her. so uh, <laughs> I, I just want to, I just want to say something very, very briefly, just as a kind of personal victory before we sign off, because um, sure, go for it. So you know, we we've been we've been do like uh, watching a few things here and there. In fact, after after the podcast, me and Crystal are gonna go with her father and in the living room, and we're gonna watch Trial of the Chicago Seven. The new Aaron Sorkin film, and I gotta say, I read that script. It's gonna, it's, it's probably gonna be really good. I really liked what I read, but um, in between that, I've been reading the amazing Mary Jane, which is yeah. a That's mini a series on, on for Marvel that takes place during the Spider-Man thing, where Mary Jane was given the role of a lifetime in a biopic about Mysterio directed by this indie director called Cage McKnight. <laughs> but it turns out Cage exists, but he's not on set. It's Mysterio. It's Mysterio. And the first yeah. five issues are all about Mary Jane just going along with Mysterio and helping him make the movie of his life the way he can because she believes in him. It's one because of the cutest goddamn things I've ever read. Because she, because Mary Jane is an actress and a model, so like that makes sense for her in character as well. And, and she's then. just this bright and like ball of sunshine. It just, it made me fall in love with her character even more. I used to be a Gwen Stacy girl, but Gwen, girl? you know You're what? A Gwen Stacy girl. You know what? I'm in Gwen Stacy's <laughs> corner, but you know what? As I'm in both cosplays. And as yep. time went on, I started to appreciate Mary Jane, and this was everything I wanted to see from Mary Jane. She's spunky, she's bright, but she's also not passive. Mm -hmm. There's a hilarious scene where she takes care of like six Spider-Man villains all on her own yeah, just by being smarter than them. Yeah. by using basic logic and yeah. then the rest of the movie crew they just finished wrapping <laughs> up out. and they see the mary jane's all in tatters and she's like hey guys how's it going and they're like we got here just in time and there's this there's a panel where the script girl the script supervisor just whacks like the the the, the, the i think oh, scorpion so, yeah. with the script it's just like take so it's it's a very it's a cute, book. very funny book, and I highly recommend everybody read it, especially just for the scene in the first issue where MJ and Peter have 
like a video call date and mm-hmm. she hears a song that's playing in the grocery store that Peter's in and yeah. insists that they have like a 20 second dance party just to lighten the mood. Yeah. And it's a cute little page where MJ's on one panel and she's breaking through to the other panel while Pete's dancing in the, in the grocery store, just talking about how much he misses her. It's like, oh my God, it's so, it's so adorable. It's so wholesome. It's a great book. I love it. It's uh, Leah Williams, I think, is the writer for that. So yeah, and she's really amazing. Yeah, but it, it evokes like that Spider-Man loves Mary Jane sort of manga-esque kind of romance book that they put out some years back, which I actually yeah. really, really liked. So but we'll I'll say this: that's not the personal victory that I have this week. <laughs> personal Crystal. victory is I read a good book. Crystal I mean, can be. It can mm. be personal victory, honestly. Josh has turned me to the dark side. I am now watching Clone High, and I am loving it. I haven't seen it. Oh my god, it is the stupidest show I have ever watched, and it makes me laugh, like cry laugh, (laughs) with how stupid it is. It's a parody of like Degrassi and The O.C. and all those like cheesy high school shows from the early aughts, but set in a high school and it's animated set in a high school where all the students are genetic duplicates of historical figures and the main characters are like the nebbish abraham lincoln the goth joan of arc gandhi who's like a party animal and just completely (laughs) devoid of responsibility cleopatra who's the popular girl that abe lusts after and my personal favorite character, the jock JFK. <laughs> I'm interested. It's, it's done by Lord and Miller. Guys that did the Lego movie and Spider-Verse and wow. 21 Jump Street. And it has such amazing jokes. Like there's an episode where uh, JFK is running for student body president and they're at this diner and Joan's like you know you'd think in a school full of you know world leaders somebody would oppose him and J- and uh, Abe's like well I'm the genetic clone of Abraham Lincoln and I'm not fit to be president I mean I wish I knew what kind of uh, what kind of setback what, what kind of personal hang-ups are hold are setting me back and in the background right behind him is an is a painting painting of (laughs) abraham lincoln's assassination oh my god or or just a (laughs) (laughs) or when a jfk they're doing a drag race to like see who wins the heart of 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 cleopatra between abe and 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 john f kennedy and jfk is driving in an open convertible and he's nothing ever bad happens to the kennedys and then he flips over the car no oh my god (laughs) so bad this sounds absolutely cheesy where can i watch it it's actually (laughs) it's actually for free on youtube that's the best awesome. thing. The entire oh, wow. They put it on YouTube? It, huh. I say watch it before it gets taken down. It has 6 million views. It's stuffed with ads. But it's amazing. It's free. And it's right there. And it's going to come back soon. I think Cam and Mike over <laughs> at the at the Tuned Up the tuned podcast up, yeah. talked about it. And They'll talk about it. When the time yeah. comes, I'm going to be on that episode when it comes back. Because... I have so much to say about yeah, it. Yeah, because 
like it got canceled because of some drama with India and the way that they portray mm-hmm. Gandhi in the show. Ah. Uh, yeah, India was pissed. It was hilarious. Apparently, they got so upset that Gandhi was being portrayed the way he was that in the nearby the MTV offices in India, they started holding hunger strikes. And MTV just said, you know what, the show isn't worth it. Let's just go ahead and cancel it. And even now, in Lord and Miller's other work, they'll still reference Clone High. They they straight up said, like, our whole career has just been failing upwards to try and get Clone High back. Like, the, the voice actor for Abraham Lincoln is in the Lego movie as Abraham Lincoln. <laughs> and it's Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse. There's a billboard in the background of one of the one of the skyscrapers that's that's advertising a movie called Clone College. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Awesome. And this is the getting a reboot line. as well, right? Yeah, that, that's what it is. I hope I it's just like a up, they were like yeah, they were talking about like it's either a continuation or it's a reboot. I hope it's a reboot in the same way that the new Animaniacs and uh the Beavis and Butthead show on MTV like a couple years ago are reboots. We're gonna we're gonna wrap this up now. This has been a fun conversation, so thank you all. Um, so Lorenzo, where can everybody find you? And um, did you uh, where's like your your comic stuff? Is that still? Uh, did you put it up anywhere like on Comicsology or something? Or um, digitally, not yet. But not yet. Okay. I'll but that'll be one of my next things since they're they're tech. You know, whatever I printed is technically all of print right now. Because mm-hmm. I only printed a hundred of each, right? But uh, if you guys ever want to find me, is you can. I've got an Instagram, Facebook page, and and you can find it like this. Sure. So it's T R I N I G R A F X. dot C O is the website. Yeah. This is a yeah. podcast, and, and you're showing and us a photo. And then, like, <laughs> <laughs> that's okay. We got it. Audio. <laughs> we're not gonna upload video that's why but no anyway you spelled it out though man you spelled it out so trinigraphics.co so that's correct and then and then on facebook and instagram you can also find me on find me under that as well but so, uh, yeah a lot of this i still got to update it because i've been on a hiatus this whole this whole covid year but you know mm-hmm. it looks like things are shaping up again where it's going to pull me out of retirement for both okay. not just not just the comics but also the framing too also, awesome. Okay. Also, and uh, then, Michaela, where can we find you? Because I know your battery is running out here. So, where can we find you? Oh, is she gone? Uh, com. Okay. Awesome. All right. And then, Josh and Crystal, where can we find you? You go first. Oh, God. Uh, you can find me on Twitter under simply underscore ragu816. And um, I guess you can also find me there on TikTok since it's still going strong. And um, Fleetwood Mac save TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> and you can find me on the Renegade Pop Culture Facebook group under my name, Crystal Gillum. And then for me, you can find me on YouTube at JoshBoy64. Tune in on the 28th, where I am going to have a video up that is a collaboration with Matt Draper called One Horrifying Scene, where I cover the 2005 remake by Steven Spielberg of War of the Worlds and one horrifying moment on there. It gets a little too real, but I'm very proud of it. You can find me on Twitter at JSH Lozano. 
Uh, I occasionally tweet out nice things once in a while, and usually it's self-deprecating <laughs> things. And you can find me on Facebook at Joshua Lozano. I rarely post on there, but you know what? It's nice to have my options. And you can find me in the Renegade Pop Culture group on Facebook and on the website. All right, guys, you can find us at renegadepopculture.com. You can also find us on Facebook. The Facebook group is facebook.com slash group slash RPC42. Um, Instagram for me is at neoplasmic24. And on Facebook and Twitter, our official pages are at renpopculture. That's at R-E-N popculture. So follow us on there. Um, our podcasts are available on Anchor, Spotify, Stitcher, Apple, Google, basically wherever you get podcasts, you can find us on there. Um, and that is about it, guys. We will see you next time. This has been an episode of the Free For All, but also kind of an episode of Capes. So Capes I guess we're, for all. we're calling it Capes For All this time around. Um, yeah. But I hope you guys enjoyed the conversation, and we will have Michaela back on, and we'll have you, Lorenzo, back on as well in the future. Hopefully we get to Got do it. that Hawaii thing and have that conversation. So, all right, guys, we will talk to you later. Peace out. Okay.